What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. My name is Beatriz. I'm an entrepreneur coach for women of color, BIPOC, and queer entrepreneurs who want to embrace their boss identity and walk along their journey with a bit more ease. Can y'all believe that this is episode five, and it's just been such a awesome experience, and I'm so happy that we're here and we're going to continue to do this. I've been getting some good feedback on the podcast. So I always encourage you to please share any thoughts, share any feedback that you have about the podcast at my website at beabosscoaching.com or you can send me a DM over on Instagram. And if you're on TikTok, you can follow me on there as well. But I am really excited to share with you this episode today because it's not every day that you get to meet someone that has been in a field or in a profession for over two decades and then decide to embark on their entrepreneurship journey. I, I'm you know, I've been a social worker prior to this. I was working in a hospital, working for five years. And that was hard to leave my job and to leave the environment that I knew so well to do something risky and to do something that I've never done before. And the fact that Angel Rodriguez has done it after 20 years, after more than 20 years, I think it's just truly amazing and a testament to it's never too late. It's never too late. You can always choose to do something new if you ever feel called to it. As long as you have the support and as long as you have the community to back you up and to let you know that it's always possible. So I'm excited to share with you Angel's story. She is an accomplished social work profession with over 20 years of experience in the public child welfare system, serving in two of the largest counties in the United States, which is LA and San Bernardino. She is now the owner and the CEO of her own consulting firm, RFC21. And you'll get to hear more about her consulting services later on in the episode. I don't want to give too much away, but if you have any questions, please come on over to Instagram and tag us on any of the posts that are around our episode and promoting this episode. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. Tell Thank us you. who you are and yeah, I'd like to get to know more about you and what you do. And if you could introduce yourself. My name is Angel Rodriguez and I am a social entrepreneur. I used to be a government executive for a long time, actually. I spent about 23 years in child welfare. I was a public child welfare employee in two counties here in Los Angeles and in San Bernardino. My whole life there with the one exception of when I went to grad school, I moved away to Ohio. But I've spent my whole life here in LA. And so spent career from the time that I graduated college in public child welfare. So I was a social worker. And I think I still consider myself a social worker. And I think I always will be. So that's just sort of who I am at my core. And so I say that I'm a social entrepreneur because of the kind of work that I do. 
and I look for ways to connect youth and youth-serving organizations to recreation and employment opportunities. So some of the work that I'm doing is with supporting organizations, whether it's public or private, in some training areas. Much of that is in becoming anti-racist, in supporting their goals and their values in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that's some of the work that I've been doing. Lastly is connecting agencies, both public and private, to software innovators. And so those software innovations vary, but some of them are in supporting mental health for people and in really supporting people that are looking to re-enter society after being incarcerated for some time and in sort of trying to do that in a less punitive way. So those are just some of the examples. There's lots of different software, but those are just two of the ones that I think are the most supportive of people in trying to live life in the best way possible. So those are the things that I'm doing now as an entrepreneur and how I sort of shifting from being a public employee to being my own boss. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's why I was so curious about your trajectory because as a social worker, I think that within the social work field, there's a very traditional path a lot of mm -hmm. people take on therapy and private practice, which is, I, I think it's a great path to take in. And I was intrigued by not just the fact that you had been in roles like child welfare roles and doing consulting for organizations. And you mentioned around anti-racist work, right? But then also software innovation. So I'm curious how your in your education as a social worker, what led to interest in all of these different areas, but then also packaging it within your life as an entrepreneur or like within your decision to start a business? Well, I certainly didn't see that at the outset. I think going into social work, I... And in getting a county job, I think I thought that I was going to do that for my entire career. I was going to go in and start at the bottom. I was an intern. I was going to rise up through all of the ranks and get promoted and do lots of different fun things. And I did. I was part of some program, establishing programs and all those kinds of things. And it was great. And especially... It's hard to say it was fun being that I was in the particular social work role that I was in with respect to being in child protection because I saw lots of very challenging, sad situations. However, I also got to see some really beautiful things where children were able to go home and older kids were able to figure out how to live life on their own and those kinds of things. I saw some adoptions and lots of different types of really good situations. But I thought that was just going to be what I did. And after about when I got to my 23rd year, it just got to be a lot. It just wears on you and weighs on you at times. And I think that some of us stay and move around into different facets of 
the public organizations. And some people leave maybe and go to other departments. They take on different roles in different departments. And some leave altogether. And I always wondered, what happens to those people? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where do they go? go? What do they do? (laughs) And how do they manage? Mm -hmm. And it just seems so foreign to me. And I thought, I could never do that. Mm. That just seems crazy. Mm -hmm. And it was early on in COVID, November of 2020, when I decided that with my wife, (laughs) you don't make these decisions alone when you're (laughs) in relationships and marriages and partnerships and those things, that it was time to try something new. And so I, we thought, well, this could be the time. It could be the time to try something new, to work from home a bit. It would be a good time to sort of get things off the ground. And that's sort of how I got to this place. I knew I wasn't a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I knew that early on, when, especially when I went to grad school, I wanted to try therapy as an intern doing that work to just see it, see if I could do it, see if it was interesting to me. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I thought it was a safe space Mm -hmm. to do that. And I appreciated the opportunity to do it, but it was not for me. When I initially started in my county career, the county was bringing on the software that all the social workers were going to be using. And so I was, am I a techie? I don't know. Am I the tech person in the relationship? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or the IT person in the house? Yes, definitely. It's interesting to me. I like it. I like learning about how how these how these things progress, how our world is moving forward and doing those kinds of things. And so when my department was bringing that on, and that was more than 25 years ago, it was so interesting to me how technology really changed the work for some people, both in positive and negative ways. Some people just were holding onto their paper and pen so tightly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some threw it out the window and said, give me my computer. I'm ready. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to do this. And it really gave me a perspective of how technology can really change things for people. Being exposed to just different ways in which it can support people with mental health, like using meditation apps and those kinds of things. Just as one example, it was really, it was really interesting to me. It was uncertain to me a little bit, but I was willing to kind of jump in with both feet and see is this something that I could do? And that's really, I think, sort of the mindset you have to have mm-hmm. of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And it was certainly something that I had to be open to because I had been this government employee for so many years mm-hmm. where everything was so structured and defined. Right. right. And for the most part, my responsibilities were defined and all of those kinds of things were already laid out for me. But then I got to really kind of develop things for myself, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, right? Mm -hmm. Create my own path and figure out I had to be the CEO and the CFO and the COO and 
figure out how am I going to do all of these things, figure out QuickBooks and another software mm-hmm. that I had no exposure to. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it was everything I had to know about in order to make sure that things were going to be in order. Yeah. Would you say that, because you said there are folks who are married to the pen and paper, they're married to the the structure, right? The way things are traditionally. And so bringing in all of these different new ways of doing things, essentially, would you say that was the beginning of how you began to realize that you have to be open to change, you have to be open to new advances and technology? I would say so. It was at the very beginning of my entry into the work. And there were so many other points along the way where I saw that I had the opportunity to create programs and opportunities for change, not just for the children and youth and families that we were serving, but also for the staff. And so I saw that along the way, but sure, that was certainly the first opportunity. I wanted to see, well, this data that we were collecting about everyone that we were serving, how could that be more easily retrieved? Mm -hmm. How could it be more easily seen by the people that needed to see it? How could it be more easily understood? Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to work with someone that had access to that. And still, there were some that were willing to work with me on it and others that said, we don't really need that. Don't worry about that. We have enough. It's okay. We have this whole other website and system and it's going to be, everything's already in there, but it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many barriers and so much red tape when you're working in a government system that it takes a while to make that kind of change. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's there for a reason and other times not really. So, and I just wasn't willing to stick around to wait for Mm. it to change. I thought, well, I can go find it somewhere else. I'll create it somewhere else. I'll create it. I'll create it. I can be my own boss and do it myself. And create (laughs) it. And I mean, you are, I think that. It's such a cool way, like a very specific way to think about how you want to change things you want to change using the interest that you realize you have an interest in. Mm-hmm. What were some of the the blocks that you were experiencing in relation to growing or like growth? Was it a consulting firm that you started? Basically, that was your what you wanted to create and that was the type of business model that you wanted to do. Yeah, I set up a consulting firm and having worked in the largest county for so many years and having built many good relationships, I have, I think, the good fortune that I still have good relationships with so many people. And so many people are still working there. Some have moved on to other jurisdictions. Others have promoted and done other new things. And so I thought, well... I can leverage those relationships and support them and what they're doing if there's interest and use what I know to go find and gather other things that they may need, but that they can't go out and find because they're doing the work in the government system. Mm -hmm. So 
So yes, I, and technically, yes, I still have a consulting firm and I think of it as sort of an umbrella because really as a consultant, you can set up and do whatever it is that you want to do. (laughs) I can take on whatever projects sound interesting Mm -hmm. and, and that's really part of the beauty of it all. Yeah. 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 You get to choose what feels aligned to to the things that you want to do. Exactly. Being there for as long as you were, what were some of the challenges between that role, the the career that you had within that system, and then transitioning to, well, I'm going to be my own boss, and I'm going to start it by doing this consulting firm. What are some of the biggest challenges? And I guess, what was the biggest things that, you, that was more difficult to translate between that role and then becoming your own entrepreneur? Well, I see it as having more of a business mindset when that's not what I studied. Mm-hmm. It's what I started to study, actually. It's what I declared as a major mm-hmm. in college. And I took a couple classes and I thought, I'm not really cut out for this four years. Not that it wouldn't have helped me, of course. But so it's having that a little bit of that mindset. I think figuring out how to take risks because you don't have that kind of opportunity mm-hmm. when you're working for someone else, no matter who that is, right? right? Whether you're a government employee, someone that works in a private firm or agency or something, you have to figure out how much risk am I going to take in this? You have to put together a proposal to give to someone and you have to decide how much am I going to charge? Mm. Which sometimes you think that translates into what am I worth? And you have to push and pull on that. Mm-hmm. It's not really about you and your worth as a person, but that's really a challenging concept to wrap your head around mm-hmm. a little. So it was a little bit about that. It was trying to figure out how do I make these decisions? I wouldn't say on my own. I had some other colleagues and friends that had started their own firms. And so I could call on them for some support. But at the end of the day, it was still my decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to make the wrong decision. And I would say that I'm not a very good person at failure. Mm. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes to be good at failure. No, no one really likes it. But I, sometimes I've introduced myself as a recovering perfectionist mm. because I really just want to, I want it all to be great at the outset. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic. Yeah. And as a business person, mm-hmm. you, it's not going to be that way, especially establishing your own business from the ground up. Yeah. It's just not realistic. So figuring okay. out. Okay, hold on, Angel. I need you to okay. say that again. <laughs> I need you to say okay. that again because that is really important. <laughs> so starting from the ground up, setting up your own business, it's not going to be perfect. Okay. Yes. There are going to be bumps. It's not realistic. It's not realistic, and we all have to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. And I think three years in, I'm still coming to terms mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. You now I spent 
more than two decades working for someone else and having bumps and bruises along the journey in that yeah in that profession too with serious consequences (laughs) but it's just very it's a very different journey Mm -hmm. starting sort of I guess I would say at midlife which is a whole other bag of worms you think how do I do this am I doing this the right way is there room for failure here is there room to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you have to have room to be uncomfortable yeah and it's the worst the worst thing to know that the worst that is just part of it and I think I find myself sometimes trying to cheat the process I don't need to be uncomfortable I can figure this out some sort of way where I don't need to do it that way where it's uncomfortable (laughs) and then you realize uh who were you like you're kidding yourself (laughs) you're only kidding yourself and maybe someone that knows you very well you know the person you're in a relationship with and they can see oh you're only kidding yourself sweetheart but yeah yeah and so that's I think part of the hardest parts of it all I mean yes there's the whole like having good boundaries around when you work and when you don't because if you're working if you have the kind of business where you work in your house which I do not working all the time making sure that you don't miss out on key moments in your family life and those kinds of things because I have to work if I don't spend every waking moment doing this. What if it fails? What if the whole thing fails? Like you you can't put all of it on another hour or two in the Mm -hmm. day. Like it's not that's not realistic either. I, I, I think the same way. I feel like, oh, you know what? If I just put one in one more hour or two hours in this two hours, this if I just put in those extra two hours, it's going to come out a-okay and things are going to be fine. No, <laughs> it's not the case. Right. And that hour will be there tomorrow mm-hmm. for you to work on and figure out and just kind of just poke around and see, is this going to work? And trying to do my social media. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't do really anything in social media until... 15 days ago <laughs> the, t- the challenge the social media Until challenge the 10 yeah. day challenge I set up my accounts I had accounts Yeah, I would like other posts but I didn't ever post anything because I wasn't sure what that would mean for my company's image mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> and this was like two weeks ago while you've been in this journey for three yeah. years. <laughs> exactly. Like just make a post, write some things. If it's too long, some people will read it and some people won't. And it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Just put it up. Mm-hmm. And go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I want to know, you've been in this journey for, for three years. I know you mentioned that you've leveraged and have kept a lot of your relationships. Has that been a big part of your continued journey in this and like why you've been able to remain in this journey? Because I feel at least in my experience, I don't really leverage my relationships. And I think it's because there's this underlying deep belief that I should be doing this by myself. Mm -hmm. And I forget that I can reach out to my community. I can reach out to the people that I know, the relationships that I made, even, even in my past nine to five lives. And those are probably some of the best relationships that I've cultivated that can help me out because that's my community and the network that I've built. They're part of the biggest networks that I was in. A, I used to work for a hospital and I was a social worker there for five years. <laughs> and you build relationships along the way. And I, I myself forget that I can tap into that. Uh -huh. But it sounds like for you was the opposite, like you really knew how to really connect with your network to make sure that you see growth or you stay in this journey and that it, it continues to progress. Would you say that was part of the reason of like why this has been, it's been a journey, but it, it has grown? Yes and no. I think that there were some people that knew that I left mm -hmm. public service mm -hmm. and some people that didn't even know until two weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> when you posted that on social media, you're like, hi, I'm Angel Mom's and I have my hi. own. <laughs> and some people said, congratulations. And I thought, oh, they think I just left. <laughs> but it's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah because now they know. Mm -hmm. So yes, there are people that I have, a, I think we all have a small, some of us have a small circle, some of us have a medium circle, and some of us have a large circle in terms of our village, our support. Mm -hmm. So the people that are in that small circle are the ones that know pretty much everything mm -hmm. and are the ones that you can shed a tear with and say, it's a hard day. Or am I sure I made the right decision? I just go back and do you have a job for me? Because if this doesn't work <laughs> out, maybe I need to go work for you. Mm -hmm. Would you hire me? Like those kinds of conversations, right? And then there's that second circle where they may know that you left that structured life, work life, but they may not know why or when or any of those other things. And then there's that outer circle that people are like, whoa, you left? I didn't even know. It's been three years. And if there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you didn't make this grandiose announcement, right? Mm -hmm. So, because that's just not who I am. And so... In terms of getting back to your question about leveraging relationships and knowing how, I think that you leverage in different ways. Mm -hmm. So people you lean on more and you ask more questions about what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I think maybe I'm going to do this. Do you know anyone in this area? And then there are other people that might support you in getting contracts. 
mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. And there are other people that will repost your posts, right? Mm-hmm. And say, here's my amiga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's really amazing. And these kinds of things, like you just have different levels of your network. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you can lean on them in different ways. And so I don't know that I necessarily have it or had it figured out at any point in time. I just was trying to figure out who could I talk to that could support me in different ways at different times. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you need that because your people will tell you, remember when you did that project or remember when you supported that client or Mm -hmm. that They'll remind you of a time that you completely forgot about when you dug deep, found those skills that you have but aren't using right now. So it's a good reminder of who you are yeah. and how you can leverage those things in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need that. So we might find support in each other in communities like we have found in each other in the way that you and I have found each other. But we can also find that in places where we've known people for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a social work take, right? Like we have the micro <laughs> network <Yeah>. or like <laughs> macro network. Mes- it's like, that's the way yeah. that I thought about it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like all these mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. layers of our support system. But then right. what does that look like for the support? Not, Yes, for us, but now technically our business. Yeah. Right? And so yep. there's all these different layers. And I, I like what you said about knowing that there are different types of support that can support you at different times in different ways. You do think about it that way. And I think that it's mm-hmm. beneficial for business owners and entrepreneurs in general to think about the different types of support that they can receive. Because I feel when... Someone that perhaps may not have a social work background or some sort of service type of background Mm -hmm. may just think about their close friends and family as like different, hey, tell everybody about this new business, this new business I just opened up. But that's as far as it goes, because that's what I, I feel like that's usually how it starts. And then the only other type, unless you've been in business for a long time and you've built a community of other entrepreneurs and you've met other entrepreneurs and business owners, I think that sort of comes later on Uh with time. But you don't realize that as people, there's just so many. Yes, you have your immediate support system, like your closest friends and your closest family. And then you realize, oh yeah. And then I also have colleagues from work that, could mm-hmm. say, hey, like you could just simply email and say, I've started this business. Please think of me when right. this person needs X, Y, and Z. Or if think- you're at a, net- a networking event, think of me in those times or invite me to these types of things or those just those little things that end up potentially being big things. Big things, yeah. I like the idea of that, of of growing whatever that growth looks like, whether that's social media followers or an Mm -hmm. email list or even clients or or customers, Mm -hmm. that they can come from different types of support systems, not just your closest friends and family, which is important, but different types of relationships. Right. Okay, well... 
I'm wondering, are you doing this alone right now? Do you consider yourself a solopreneur? Pretty much, yes, yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, I reach out to others that are uh, doing the work. I mean, I have a website and we have a team on the website. So my wife is also a social worker, but she has a full-time nine to five. Mm -hmm. So eventually when she retires, she'll join me in this venture. But right now I'm doing mm -hmm. this on my own and we have another part of the team and all of them have nine to fives. So at some point they may join me in this venture, but right now it's me. Yeah. I'm it. I'm it. Well, you're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it and you're creating. So right now, are your clients different types of what kind of organizations do you typically work with? Because you provide consultant services around, you said DEI, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of organizations do you typically work with? Any number of agencies that are interested in doing that. Unions, also a small organization that was an after-school program made up of tutors and those kinds of people that were supporting young kids. Also, larger public organizations like the Red Cross, those kinds of places. So any number of people that are interested in really looking to push the envelope and have really tough conversations about mm -hmm. what it means to not just hire different people that check off boxes, but mm -hmm. are really diverse in what it means classically in the real sense of the word. You mm -hmm. have to start somewhere and to really move from diversity into equity and then to really just be inclusive and then to even go further than that and talk about what it means to belong. Mm -hmm. So through the D, E, and I and get to belong, then that's really the goal mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I can attest to them being very difficult. If I don't know if there are regulatory mandates they must meet, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes, depending on who works for these organizations, the bubbling up of discomfort and those kinds of things come from the people that work there that do the everyday work. And when the leadership doesn't listen, then you have greater issues. So uh, we really like to start, I really want to talk with leadership mm. and say, what is it that you're willing to do? What mm. kind of conversation are you willing to have? Mm -hmm. Because you're the one setting the standard and changing the culture. Because if you don't change the culture, they're going to know the people that work with you and for you on your team, if you don't change that culture, they're going to know. Yeah. They're going to know that you just did the training. Yeah. And that you're going to tell them to do the training. If you just throw it into their mandatory list of all the things they have to do every year, they're going to get, they're going to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think any smart team, especially within big organizations, really know <clears throat> when an effort is is actually there for the right reasons. Right. Yes, exactly. Teams, teams so will know. that's why I don't put a simple standard curriculum together. Ask an organization, what is it that you want? What have you done in the past? And where are you and your team? Mm -hmm. And then I go from there and put something together, especially for them. I'll curate the package for them. Awesome. 
What would you say to someone that is thinking about starting their own type of business, also doing consulting, any type of consulting doesn't need to be DEI, but like in general, what would you advise someone if they were thinking about doing their own consulting firm? I would say have a support system. I would say do it, but make sure that you have a support system. Yeah. Because on the days when it gets tough, you know, the roller coaster, right? When you're at the peak and it, you can see out and it looks fabulous. <laughs> Sometimes when you drop and you feel like, I'm not sure that this was the right choice. You need someone that will push you back up. Mm-hmm. You can see again the beauty of the ocean and the... The horizon. Yes. Yes. But all looking terrific, then you need people that are going to be there no matter what. Mm-hmm. And there they should be people, I think, that have been there along the way, no matter what, so that you know that they're there for the right reason. And what else would I say? <laughs> be comfortable being uncomfortable and if you're not then figure out how to get uncomfortable pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and be willing to network in whatever form that takes whether that's online whether it's putting yourself out there in person and be willing to talk about who you are and what it is that you provide it takes all of those things I think to really at the very minimum put yourself out there and yeah yourself started but it's fun it's it's never a boring day I get the sense that you're an introvert angel would you say I am an extroverted introvert I Mm. would say I can put on the brave face at the party and at the networking thing and I can say hi but I probably need somebody with me to say are we going to do this is this going to be cool it's going to be great right we're going to have fun yes okay okay. come on on. you're like yeah we're going to have fun I'm going to talk to that person are you going to talk to this person okay you go you're going to be fine everything's good that's that kind of yeah so I can do it yeah I mean I think that I for a lot of people that are in service-based types of fields and then decide to transition to a more entrepreneurial journey, I think that's probably one of the hardest things also is to know that you can no longer just cruise by with your introvertedness. You have to find a way to put yourself out there, finding that support system. And even just the fact that I met you during a co-working session where literally we're just like on the screen working together and we're not talking. (laughs) That is my type of networking. I love it. Oh, you you tell me what you do and what you are and kudos to you and I'll support you. But all the other types of networking, which... I think nowadays people think of networking as, oh, you go to this big event and we have to be brave and come up to people and say, this is what I do. What do you do? And while those things, yeah, obviously they still exist and you Mm -hmm. can definitely do it that way. Mm -hmm. You can also do it very untraditionally where you just go into a room full of people who are working together in silence and then you talk about who you are and you just follow each other and that's it. That was amazing to me. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity because it never would have occurred to me to do that. And the fact that we can do that on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. and 
meet even more people every time we co-work, I think is fantastic. It is. I mean, I think a lot of people would mistake me for an extrovert when we're in public or at a social event, but it's exhausting and it does take a bit out of me. Yeah, it is. And that is very indicative of the fact that you are introvert because after that much socializing and whatnot, while it can be fun, it does take up energy. Yeah. (laughs) And what about Will? I'm the same way. It's so funny because when I started this journey, it was very like by myself and it's now been about two years. And this is the very first time that I have found a space where I can meet other people and connect with others, but in a way that feels more aligned to who I am, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Uh-huh. And I think that's been part of the challenge of this entrepreneurial journey because there's no getting around or trying to cheat the process. You have to say who you are and what uh-huh. you do on a constant basis. Uh-huh. You have to constantly put yourself out there and say what you do and provide value that are about creating awareness. But for me, there was this thought where I'm, but why do I have to do it this way? Why can't I find a different way to do this? Technically, I feel like you you can be creative around the way that you want to show up, the way that you okay. want to talk about who you are and what you right. do, how you serve your community. And actually, before starting this podcast, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast because I want to meet people. And as an introvert, I do way better one on one. Like, that's just easy for me. So I Mm -hmm. that was the reason actually one big reason why I decided to start this podcast was because I'll network in that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, I have a podcast. You want to be on it? And I think Mm -hmm. you're cool. And I think you're doing great things and your business sounds awesome and I want to know more about you how about you come on here and we'll talk about it and and so that is I guess in a way my own way of networking hey I'm gonna do it this way because why not but I I think that's one of the challenges at least for me in, in this journey has been how to think creatively in a way where I still have to do the things I need to do like network but in a way that feels good to Mm -hmm. me and sometimes I think it's hard to figure what out what that looks like sometimes but I just take risks and some things will work out some won't yeah you just have to be okay with uh, with what doesn't work out yeah maybe it'll work out later maybe it's just not the time for it to work out in that moment but maybe it'll work out later you never know yeah yeah but every time right before I have a any sort of meet and greet with somebody I get really nervous up until that point during the interview I'm so energized and then even after the one-on-one I'm like wow that was great I feel so energetic and then I crash right (laughs) I'm like I need to take a nap I did a lot of facetiming with someone and I'm crashing and but Mm -hmm. now I understand I'm learning how to navigate my process in a way that won't burn me out because as an introvert I hate getting tired yeah and and you want to avoid it so you technically sometimes get to a point where you don't even do anything (laughs) 
because <laughs> you just don't even want to get yourself to that point. And then you come to realize, damn, I haven't talked to someone in four days if it's not my partner. So <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah. need some interaction right now and oh, other people. Yeah. Right. So yeah, exactly. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is why those co-working sessions make a difference, even if it's just for that hour and a half, once or twice a week. It does make a difference. It does. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Angel, where can we look for you if people have questions about working with you? Where can they find you and reach out to you? Well, I have a website, which is www.rfc21.com. I'm also mostly, in terms of social media, mostly on Instagram, and that's rfconsult21. Mm-hmm. And so that's mostly where I am, especially because now I've done a bit of, of what would you say, not publication, but what's the word I'm looking for? I've done some advertising with this challenge. So there's a bit more information there about me. And then if you just want to email me directly, you can reach me at angel at rfc21.com. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that I post it on the show notes for anybody that wants to get in touch with Angel or learn more about her services and the different work that she does, please come on over to the show notes. So you'll see her Instagram handle, LinkedIn, and uh, website to learn Perfect. more. And if you have any questions, please reach out. I think something that I'd like to do is like if people have any follow-up questions or maybe they learn something or want to learn more about something that we talked about or said please don't hesitate to reach out and uh, angel if you're okay with it i'll, I'll let you know oh, like, no, hey, like, this yeah. person had a question about x y and z one over yes i would love to absolutely yes reach out to us and yeah. we're happy to connect and answer any questions that you might Certainly. have Awesome. Well, since you're here, I'd love to get coffee someday or do something, maybe connect. Yeah, definitely. What part of LA do you live in? I'm in the East San Gabriel Valley. Oh, okay. Okay, not too far. I'm like in Chinatown, so I'm just not that far from. I'm not super on the west side of LA. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) West side stuff. No, I never go to the west side. It's like a whole other country for me. Yes. (laughs) Only for the friends that live there that are very good friends. I know. And even then, I'm like, can we meet halfway? No, just kidding. (laughs) Not really kidding. Not really, yeah. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Angel. This has been really informative. And I really enjoyed getting to know more about you. I appreciate it. I hope that we have a chance to do this again as things progress. I'd always love to find out what you're up to. All right. That sounds good. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been great chatting with you today. So that was episode five and my conversation with Angel Rodriguez of RFC 21 Consulting. I took away a few things from our conversation. Number one is being open to change. Sometimes it's drastic things like software and technology advance so quickly. 
But being open and adaptable and having that mindset is the type of mindset that really flourishes in entrepreneurship. Number two is taking risks. And this is a skill that unfortunately, it's not an opportunity where you get to have working for someone else. And entrepreneurship allows you that opportunity, affords you the opportunity. Sometimes it's it's not even something that it's a choice. Sometimes you just, you have to take the risk. So I, I like that she mentions having, taking risks as a skill and as the opportunity to do that within her entrepreneurship journey. And number three, I think this is my favorite one. It's being realistic about things not being great or perfect from the outset. It's just not realistic to expect that when you begin your entrepreneurship journey, that things will turn out great from the get-go. So those are my three takeaways. I'd like to know what your takeaways were from this episode. Come on over to Instagram at Be A Boss Coaching and let us know in the comments for the post or promo post for this episode what you took away, what were some of the things that really resonated with you. And if you have any questions about anything that we talked about, you can also tag us and ask your questions there as well. You can also, of course, email or DM us. You can email Angel over at her email at angel at rfc21.com. And I'll make sure to add all of her links an email and website in the show notes. So visit the show notes. If you're exploring coaching, you can always book a call with me over at my website at beabosscoaching.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm even on TikTok (laughs) where I get to be funny and show my personality a little bit more. But let's be friends. All right. Have a great rest of your week and I'll see you all soon. Bye.